This is my 10th time recording this intro. I shit you not. Anyways, um, welcome back to the podcast. This is Off the Record with Mackenzie Tippett. And if you haven't already guessed, I'm your host, Mackenzie Tippett. It's like 1045, 11 o'clock in the morning. I've already had half of a Celsius and now I'm drinking iced coffee. I'll squeeze water in there somewhere. Don't worry. But that's not the priority right now, you know? Anyways, I was supposed to have a guest on this week, but I decided to delay that because I got antsy and just really wanted to record. Blame it on the caffeine, maybe. But I also tried to record this podcast episode like two days ago, and none of the audio downloaded, which, you know, really, you know, really, really sit me in a, in a, in a whirl a little bit. Not really, though, because I was just like, I'll record it later. But any hoops, um, I thought about like, what if I tried to like plan on specific days when I would record and like upload? But, you know, if I did that, because like part of me is like, oh, well, that would make the podcast better or more efficient or like whatever. But then I'm like, no, because if I forced myself to record on a day that I just didn't feel like talking, because some days my word count, I shit you not, is probably like 500 max. And so if I tried to force myself to record on a day that I didn't want to record, that just wouldn't be good for anybody. Right. No, no, no party would benefit. It would be it would be boring. So anyways. Anyways, I learned yesterday and like, well, didn't learn. I finally like had the self-control to only drink half of a Celsius. So the half of the Celsius that I had this morning was the half left over from yesterday. Because if I drink a full Celsius, it'll stay in my system for over 12 hours. And then I won't sleep because I never crack one open before 1 p.m., you know? So, anywho, um, welcome back to the podcast. Let's jump right into whatever we're going to talk about this week. Okay, speaking of how much water I should probably be consuming, I'm looking at a, my full Nalgene bottle. You remember Lilac or Lily? If, you, if, you, if you've listened for a minute, you know I have names for my water bottles. One is Ruby and one is Lily. And Lily is full to the brim, sitting in front of me. But she is being neglected. She is the least favorite child right now. The favorite child is obviously the coffee, which I'm drinking slower than normal. Normally I down it in like five minutes, but I've had it in my possession for you know, a little bit of time now. Anyways, um, what was I going to talk about? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I got I don't know what HD is, but the doctor told me I got eighty of them bitches. Anyways, my roommate yesterday sent me a link for a red flags quiz. It's just some random online quiz, but like I've been thinking about it, and I was like, I've always wondered. Like I probably know my own red flags if I just really thought about it. But I just thought it was funny. So everybody got um. Like my roommate Jess, what did they what did they get? So my roommate got so Molly got too caught up in what's not real. And then Jess got your low-key manipulative. That's funny. And then um Danielle, who's in a committed relationship, got non-committal. So this is how we know that it's like not the most reliable thing in the world. But anyways, it says like enter your name. So we're gonna enter my name. We're gonna spell it right too, because something some okay, like Riddle me this, but why does it seem like a totally different personality when you spell my name M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E, but the K is capitalized? Like that gives me an entirely different personality. For one, it's not how I spell my name. The K is lowercase in my in my personal name. But a lot of people spell McKenzie either M-A-C or M-C big K. And all of those different spellings to me give off different personalities. Anyways, so it's like 10 questions. So we're just going to do it real quick. Relationship with parents. I'm going to say I love them because they do. Um, what's your sun sign? Okay. This is where I think I would get screwed over because I'm a Sagittarius and the like 
common thing with Sagittarius, at least they like apparently in relationships is like, oh, you're very fleeting and you don't stick around, which is like not really me, but also make maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, question three, do you drink water? This is where the water thing ties in. This is what made me think of it. Do you drink water? I just put like not as much as I want to, because obviously I don't. What do you need to do before you die? Good question. Get rich, kill some. Oh, kill someone. Get famous, travel the world, travel the world. What was your reaction to Mufasa dying in Lion King? Um, mine was just like, pro, what the fuck, sad face. It, sometimes I sob, but like, nah, not the first time. The person you trust the most is holding a gun to your head. Oh, that's extreme. That really escalated there. What's your first reaction? Honestly, I'd probably be like laughing my ass off or just it wouldn't have, it probably wouldn't affect me. Not that I've ever been in that many situations like that, but just knowing myself, it wouldn't. What kind of phone case do you have? Why does this matter? Clear with little things inside. Cause what do I have in there? Don't I have like, yeah, I have like fortune cookie things in there. Um, and then are you loyal during the talking stage? I don't know. I don't really talk to people. We know that. Are you good enough? Oh my gosh, really getting deep. Yeah, I'm content with who I am. Let's see what my red flag is. We have one more question. Oh no, that, that's like not a real question. I got gatekeep. Bruh, just accept the fact that people are gonna like the things you like too. Okay, that's weird. Cause like, what does that have to do with anything? Oh well, I mean, I assume people like what I like because people listen to my podcast and relate to it. So jokes on you, fake internet quiz. Any hoops. Welcome back to the podcast. Last week's episode went so well, like so well. In fact, like it went so well that around campus and just like I went just I had one of my friends had a birthday party. I went and like people were coming up to me and saying like, aren't you the girl from the podcast? People around campus were like, just like peace. I, I guess people in my classes that I didn't recognize who I just was passing because they mentioned they were like, oh, we're in this costume. I was like, oh, we are good because I don't pay attention like that much to who's in my classes but they were like saying like aren't you the girl from the podcast or like I love your podcast expressing like how much they liked it and how much they enjoyed listening and whatnot and it was just like one of the most heartwarming and simultaneously terrifying things and like here's why like I know I created the podcast for people to listen to and, and it continuously like gets larger it's it's over a year old now and it, gets, it just continues to grow and I'm like so thankful for it, but it terrifies me when people come up to me like in real life and share with me how much they like it. Because like I can look at a number of listeners, countries, whatever, who like that listen to it, but I don't have a specific face to put those numbers to, except for my own when I like listen back after it's published. Like it, it the podcast always goes up at 7 a.m. on whatever day I decide to upload it. And what it does, I immediately listen to it just to, you know, be sure because I, yeah, I, I never listened back to it before I publish it. I always listen to it after it's published, which might is, is, it's a little backwards, but you know, I don't care. And, but anyways, it's just you know, like, but do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's so heartwarming, but it's also slightly embarrassing because it's, it's, it's not, hmm, it's not embarrassing, embarrassing, but do you know what I mean? So when people like actually come up and tell me that they like the content that I'm creating and they show interest in it in conversation and they even like maybe want to be on an episode, it's a little bit shocking because I just sit here in whatever in empty room I find. I used to record it if you've been here forever. 
it started in the middle of quarantine in my basement and I would go into the, my, like the gym in my basement and like, I say gym, it, it's, it's a room with a treadmill. Now there's a squat cage in it because my brothers are like, and my father or like want to be professional weightlifters, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. But um, like I would lay on the floor with my little wire headphones and speak into that. And then I would record in my car, like in my driveway, because we would have people over and the house was always loud, you know. And then over quarantine, I was like, like when we were at home, I would be for like for school years, record in my room, do whatever, you know. And it's just weird to think that people want to listen to my word vomit every week. Or like me and my friends word vomit when my when I have friends on. And I don't know. I, I just I I, can, I hope that makes sense. Like I get starstruck that I'm meeting someone who listens to what I do. You know what I mean? Not like this is not like I'm so big or whatever, but it's just like it's like, wow, somebody listens to this, you know? And it's I get starstruck that I'm meeting someone who I did not know previously who knows who I am now because of what I'm creating. And I make their day a little bit better by recording and publishing my, like, like I said, my word, my word vomit, you know, cause I don't plan any of it. Nothing, nothing is scripted. I don't edit. It's just bleh, you know? And so basically thank you for listening and ranking and liking it and sharing with sharing it with your friends. It, it, it really does mean a lot, but yeah, enough of that sentimental stuff, you know? Let's jump into like what's been going on. I keep getting distracted every time somebody opens a door because I'm just that antsy. I don't know. Anyways, um, this is the part of the part the port. This is the port of the podcast. Uh, this is the part of the podcast where I just like jump back and what's been going on and everything. But uh, the Braves won the World Series last week, and I didn't mention it. Not that you needed me to tell you, you know. But I wanted to talk about it, and I did not. So, anyways, uh, I did cry a little bit when I when they won. I'm not gonna lie to you. When I was watching it in my bed, I teared up a little bit. Just, to, but I never cry though. So like, it was a single gangster tear, and I just let it roll down, and then I licked it right up, a little salty snack. But anyways, um, I was a very very happy girl watching them win. I was I've basically been a Braves fan since birth, and I mean for I mean unknowingly though, but the unspoken rule is I feel like if you live in a state that borders Georgia or you live in Georgia or you're born in a state that borders Georgia or you born in Georgia, whatever, the unspoken rule is that you are a Braves fan by default and, or you should be, you know, but like that rule aside and everything, I've always just been a baseball fan. I've played over 10 sports in my life. Do not read that and label me as a pick me girl by god leave me alone but anyways one of the first was baseball and like a lot of my still best friends i met through playing baseball when i was five years old and and i played until i got to the age of gender division then i was told i had to play softball whatever but all of my sports careers were short-lived because i always wanted to try a new one and then by junior year of high school i found out that i much as much as i love playing i much preferred like analyzing and calling by calling plays like you know what I mean I, I I found the announcing part much more enjoyable for myself but anyways um baseball was always one of the ones that was more sentimental I remember my brothers and I would like play together my great-grandmother went to Babe Ruth's funeral because she lived in the up in the Bronx like like just I've always had a deeper love for baseball and one of my favorite childhood movies was The Sandlot the list is very extensive I don't need to go on and on but my first Braves game was in 2013 and at, at Turner Field. This is this is before Truist and obviously after, what were they first? Like the Mar Marietta Braves? 
anyways, um, I don't remember, but my dad used to, my dad was born, not born in Atlanta, but he lived there and he was itty bitty. And then he moved to North Carolina and then they moved, he moved back to Atlanta and, um, like after college or something, I don't know, but like he was a Braves fan, passed it down to me. My brother was the whole, the whole shebang. But anyways, my whole family went when we went to watch the Braves in 2013. I remember where we sat, what I was wearing. I remember everything about it. You know, it was one of those, I wouldn't say core childhood memory, but it definitely, definitely left a mark for sure. And um, we went and we were there for the Mar Braves versus the Marlins series. And Jose Fernandez was starting his MLB career. He was, um, he was pitching for the Marlins side. So if you don't know who he is, he was, he's from a, a bit like very, phenomenal like pitcher and he received all-star status his first season and he was quite on the success path until he died tragically in a boating accident in 2016 but I was I was able to watch him pitch which was like really cool and I got his autograph and then I remember watching the legendary like in my head legendary catch that Freddie Freeman made when he did a full split to catch a ball at first base for an out and I that that play was just very physically phenomenal to, to just see and I just, I just remember it so vividly. And of course, like when, when so many people think of the Braves, they think of Hank, you know, and, and the team that nobody thought could, would, would win a title, but they did after 26 years. And there's no one more deserving. I don't think on the current team than Freddie Freeman, people might disagree with me on that, but he has been with them for so long and he has stuck it out truly like when they were so bad and then till now and the whole changing of stadiums, which people don't think is such a big deal, but I feel like it can be to, there's a certain mindset and a certain, I don't like a pat, like there's every place I feel like somebody plays. And even you could say the same for people who have concerts, every single place that somebody plays has different energy, whether it's, the, it's not necessarily even the crowd, but like the physical location, you know what I mean? And so I feel like that has like, an unspoken I mean that's something that people don't really talk about as much I feel like but the whole stadium change from Turner to what is it like truest now I think I don't even remember what that I still refer to it as Turner and it's very well not Turner anymore but anyways um Freddie Freeman has just been with him since they were in the dirt and to see him win this title with the Braves now is just it's just that much more special but that's enough sports talk let's talk about the Astro World tragedy And it's it's so sad to think that something that everything that we or not everything, but something that we all normally enjoy doing can be ruined by lack of planning, intention, like cruel intention. Something that's supposed to be so enjoyable turned into something that's so horrific and makes people scared to go out and have fun at something that should be so fun. And that's what happened to, you know, like nobody I don't think is stranger to what happened at the Astro World Music Festival in Houston. There on November 5th, like there was um a Travis Scott put on a concert and people there was for one, there was no security at this con like, no real security. Like when you get when you went in, nobody was in a in a in a sense of time where everybody's so concerned about social distancing, mask vaccination, whatever. There was nobody checking vaccination cards, nobody checking that stuff. Not that that was the biggest thing because it obviously isn't or wasn't, but there was no security to check what was in people's bags, on people, no metal detector, no nothing like that. There's people breaching barriers. And 
people ended up dying and the youngest person so far has been a 14 year old and 25 people have been hospitalized and that were 25 people were immediately hospitalized after the show there that and the young like the youngest one of the youngest people in the hospital was like 10 years old and some people um were trampled and about 50,000 people were attending the show and how, how many of those people were actually had wristbands like I don't actually know but there there were people that were jumping fences to get in that didn't have acts like didn't buy tickets and I even saw like so many things like you can read every news article you can watch whatever news whatever whatever but I think the most accurate description some of the time were the people that hop onto social media and give a firsthand recount of what happened and I saw one of somebody who was security and she explained how she wasn't even she hasn't had she didn't have any actual security background she was told through a friend that her father needed people to volunteer to come monitor at this concert so she's like, yeah, sure. She rallies her husband, her nephew, and I think her brother-in-law and herself, and they all go, none of them having um, security background. And they just go, and they were all put under somebody who was an actual security guard, who had actual experience. Like they would break them up into groups, and like uh, four or five volunteers, and they would be under an actual security person. And they were just told to stand there and just make sure nobody jumped over whatever. That's the first thing that it's like, that's another thing that's just like so poorly done is if you go to a concert, I mean, like at least if I were, if whenever I go to concerts, I expect somebody who's in security to actually be security. And so if something happens, they can handle it as a, as a security officer should, you know, and apparently none of that happened. And because there was no real security going into the concert, there's people that snuck in all sorts of drugs and all sorts of everything there were there is people who were being injected with drugs and people who said all day that the energy just felt really off and for reference travis scott i've never really considered myself a fan but i've never considered myself somebody who's like anti-travis scott until now but um he's previously been arrested for inciting riots at his own shows there was there was a point where people were screaming out for help and he was, he said, and they were asking him to stop the show. And he goes, who wants me to stop the show? You know what you came for. Turns the music up. There's a, there's a video of this girl climbing onto a, a onto a camera stand asking the cameraman who has a walkie talkie, has headphones, has microphones to connect, to control with like other, or to communicate with other people who were working, working like tech at the show saying like this, like, saying what was happening and asking them to stop the show. And none of that was happening. She was threatened to be pushed off the stand. She released a whole statement saying there's a way that people don't discuss, like a way that you could die that nobody discusses and it's literally being trampled to death. People were being, I mean, the whole number of like people who were hospitalized is not even accounting for the people who went home with bruises on their, on their ribs and who have injuries that aren't necessarily hospital serious. But regardless, you shouldn't go to a concert and get injured. You know, it doesn't matter what sort of thing you sign of like, oh, we promise not to sue if like, you know, when you when you buy a ticket, that's essentially what you're signing is like that's that's included a lot of the times in the fine print that people don't really read is is as is, is, it's like this waiver of, of of your experience or whatever. But regardless, whoever puts on the concert, it's it's you they are liable for the for the safety of the people that are there, especially if they hire security. Right. But there were like at one point there were people that were like 
being crowd surfed unconscious in order to get help. They were like what the girl who, the same girl who stood up on the stand of the camera stand and was like yelling at the guy to please stop the show released a, a, a statement. And not only was she talking about the fear, like the death by being trampled, you know, is the idea that like, it, it's the, it's just the idea that somebody you could, you could be standing there, put your hands up and they would not be able to come back down because people were just pushing and pushing and pushing. And for one, a lot of people want to like blame Travis. And I do think he's, I think there's multiple parties to blame, but also I think it's partially, you could blame partially on Travis, partially on live nation, partially on, um, and partially on the crowd because who in the world, I'm sorry, what kind of asshole are you to stand in a crowd and push forward like that? People like that, like, and it's it's probably was the people who jumped. It's probably the same people who jumped the fence. Probably the same people who took the like were having and taking illegal drugs the whole time. Fire festival where they have a literal fire flying around is was is safer than Astro World. Any concert for that matter is safer than than a Travis Scott concert where he's inciting riots at his own shows. And so part of me does think it was planned. I, I wouldn't rule it out because even his little black and white video. You know he, he he released that little black and white video on his Instagram story rubbing his forehead. Nobody took that seriously. He didn't even take it seriously. He was just trying to remember the script that Kris Jenner gave him probably. And people loved like the Kardashians though. They're going to try to scrub their name from this completely. But that's not going to be possible. Like this in the age of social media still, you know, like granted the O.J. Simpson case kind of made that family go up. But this is going to be bigger than any O.J. case. You know what I mean? Like. People are going to remember this way more, way more, because there's so much video evidence. There's so many things being released about it. And another thing that like Houston police is, ref is refusing to talk about is the fact that their police officers were in charge of volunteer officers. And according to the volunteer officers, the actual police officers weren't telling them anything that they should do. The police officers, along with the volunteer officers, saw some people doing illegal drugs. But what are the, the volunteers supposed to do? They don't know. They were, they're not trained. They were just told to stand there. And yet they can, they, the police officer and the volunteer security both would see people doing the drugs. And all the, all the, the real police officer had to say was a, like a shake of a head. And then according to some of the volunteer security officers was just watching the show and not caring. On top of that, people are like trying to, if you're somebody who's trying to defend Travis Scott, what in the world is wrong with you? Because here's the thing. There are so many videos of people who have stadium shows and who have like, like any show. And there's so many like videos now of like for every time somebody says that da -da 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 -da, Travis shouldn't be blamed. There's like five videos of different shows with other artists where they see one person in a crowd of 50,000 who is passed out or has a seizure or was touching somebody inappropriately and they take care of it right then and there because to say that he couldn't see it is bullshit it is and also like what in the world kylie jenner posting her little story with with the ambulance in it how tone deaf are you how tone deaf are you and at one point travis was even standing on a stand a like way above everybody more above the crowd than the stage and he was singing his like little yeah on auto-tune. Everything he freaking does is on auto-tune. He doesn't really have any real talent in my opinion. I don't care what you say. And like he could, he was standing there looking down at somebody being carried out unconscious 
did not stop the show. I get that could be a little shocking to see Travis, but human logic would tell you, cut the cameras, cut the music, lift the lights. It's just, I have to stop recording for a second because it's, I'm running so much into my time, but it's to think that people don't like to, to think that people like that exist and truly do not care about other people is mind boggling. Do I think that it was planned for people to die and get hurt? Yeah, a little bit. I do. Because it's not exactly out of the question for Travis. He's been arrested for it before. Not saying that people can't change. But if you could see somebody unconscious and you didn't stop it, like, what's your case? You don't have an alibi. You saw it. Other people were yelling. I can understand if you're on the other side of the crowd, you don't see it. Because you're at the same eye level People are yelling all around you. But if you're Travis, you're above people. You can see it. You see people. You see the ambulance. You know, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. Going off of like the whole thing of just absolute regard disregard for human life. The title of this episode is to ask your friends if they're okay. And also just like freaking be a decent human. But to like go into it, mental health though, like this is uh, this might be too serious for you if you, if it is or whatever, it's fine. Just don't listen. But like mental health is one of the biggest illnesses in the world that has continuously like been failed to be. It's 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 we've the, the world has continuously failed to address and take mental health actually seriously for a multitude of different reasons. And one of some of the fact that people, you know, love to throw around is that some people blame the older generations and say like, oh, they just don't care. They were always told to work. They they just never have any regard. They All they do is like to complain and say that we're no good. But you could also say that the younger generation is too sporadic. And it, it goes both ways. You know what I mean? And so like the absolute, you know, putting somebody in a box like that, generations, people, whoever, is just unless you have real like real reason to do it like actual evidence not an assumption that like oh old that's that's that's, that's like saying all old people are racist which is not true you know and so unless you have concrete evidence to say to say it like the to place such an assumption on some on people to not that they don't care is a very strong thing to say you know and it's 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 a little bit ironic because now we're so much like oh we love each other let's be open minded but how can you be open minded if you're so close minded to assume something about somebody like that that they don't care you know and people often you know joke even about mental health they'll say things like oh i literally feel like i'm dying or i'm for real so depressed and i get it and you know everybody loves a good joke every love everybody loves a good like self depreciating joke every once in a while to make their themselves feel better or like some people, you know, humor is a coping mechanism. I'm the first person to probably use humor as a coping mechanism. But like it makes the topic arguably less – I mean like it makes it less taboo, yes. But does it make it more, you know, dismissive? Kind of. Like it's lost its like grueling edge that kind of turns heads. Because people love to say all the time that they are mentally ill, which is very – is much different than having – bad mental health. You know what I mean? Oops. Not me disconnecting the wires. Anyways, it's just a little bit different because mental illness is something that's diagnosed. You have 
you know, a chemical imbalance, this, that, the other. Not saying that I'm a doctor and that I'm a professional, but these are just things that I've noticed. And in in light of what's been going on with like the whole Travis Scott thing, and just like that, just makes it just makes me think about it a little bit more. And like, why are like why, while we're making so many strides to help humanity, you know, solve world hunger, which is you know, this is a long road, but we never actually check in and pay for real attention to humans because how are you supposed to help somebody? It's it's the whole thing. It goes back to kind of you know. If you've never, if you've ever been on a plane, or if you've, even if you haven't, one of the things that they do when they're talking about the safety thing is like if in an in an event where we have they have to drop the little airbags down, they say put yours on and then help the person next to you if they need it. Because how can you help somebody else if you don't first help yourself? I'm not talking about being selfish, but if you're not doing okay, or if you're not, that's like that sounds really bad. It's oh no, okay. Here's what well. I'm trying to think of an example that isn't offensive, but everybody takes offense to everything now. So I'll just say it. It's like somebody who with broken legs trying to teach some, like it's like somebody with broken legs trying to teach. Hmm. It's like somebody with two broken legs trying to teach somebody how to run or dem demonstrate how to run. You can't. So, you know, it's, there's just, we depend and spend too much time staring at the big picture of everything that we need to do. We get, we create this huge list for ourselves in our lives that we forget to look and we only so much as glance at the small details. Mental health is one of those small details, but it makes such a bit much, it makes a larger impact than you think. And that's where individuals literally fall through the cracks. This past semester at school alone, there were two students that committed suicide at UNC. And this might be like trigger, but cause I'm going to talk about it a little bit. So skip, if you if you want to listen, skip ahead five minutes or not five minutes, but just skip ahead like three minutes or so. But basically like there was a kid who jumped from the 10th story of a building. And who's to say that like, maybe just asking like, and for all starting off, nobody will ever know for sure what anybody is going through. That's number one. Everybody lives like, I forget what the phrase is, but it's like everybody lives in a glass house or something like that. You're like, you could say, oh, so-and-so's a bitch. So-and-so's this. So-and-so's that. Make, say anything you freaking want about somebody without having actual evidence on them or whatever, or even if you have evidence on them. But like, why can't you just be nice? Just because somebody else is being ugly doesn't mean that you have to be, right? Because at the end of the day, doing it gets you nowhere. You know what I mean? Everybody lives in a glass house. You never know, basically, what other people are going through. Just like nobody will ever know everything about your life, you'll never know everything about anybody else's life. Even if they tell you, even if you think you do, you don't. And so, like, to go back to those two kids that committed suicide, who knows if anybody actually knew that they were, like, depressed or if they were depressed? Who knows? Who knows what, nobody will ever even know the true story of how they decide, what they, that what led to them deciding to do that. And I say that because they could have, like, because as that kid was going down off those stories, he could, in the split second of falling, regret the whole decision. But you can't do anything about it once you, once, once it's done. And it's so sad to think about that sort of thing. And who's to say, not that anybody could be anybody's personal savior, like, you know, 
but maybe you maybe you could be, but like and it's it's very small chance but who's to say that somebody actually saying oh how are you and meaning it sincerely not just in the passing oh hey how are you and just not actually caring because something that like people love to do you know it's it's just that courtesy thing of oh hey how are you how are you doing and most of the time we don't people don't care or think to care about what that person's going to respond to that question with you know what i mean but if somebody were to actually sincerely be like hey how are you or I hope you're okay, or, you know, whatever. Who's to say, like, maybe something, maybe nothing would have happened? You know, there's, for for reference, like, I'm going to read off some statistics. Suicide is the number one, is the number two leading cause of death for college students. Approximately 1,100 1, successful suicides happen on college campuses every year. 25% know someone who has died as the result of suicide. 40% of people know someone who has attempted 0.6 of those of those being 18 years or older attempted suicide. 7.5% of those 18 to 25 seriously considered it. This is like, people can read it. I mean, like I get it. You can read it and just be like, oh, it's a number, it's a number, it's a number. But a number, each one of those things, each one of those numbers, each one, each one of those percentage, whatever, comes down to an actual person. And whatever room you're in right now, picture like five people that you really care about. You don't have to love them, but or just how about this? Everybody has Snapchat or everybody texts people or whatever. Think of the last five people that you talk to, whether you hate them, you love them, whatever. Imagine if all these people were to in different ways take their own life, which is really horrid to say, but imagine it, you know? It's something that is so serious that it shouldn't happen even if you do hate them, you know? And if you love somebody, you would never want that to happen to them. And I'm the last person to ever say I love you to anybody. Oh my goodness, I'm the last person. But like, it's it's a serious thing that should be taken seriously. Now, and like and like I said, like someone else's complete mental well-being is, is, is not always, it's, it's basically someone's mental, health and well-being is never completely up to the outside world. There are chemical imbalance, like I said, imbalances, like I said earlier, different personal influence, influences within, within everyone's life. And just, and just because you can't like solve the problem completely doesn't mean that you can't help, you know? And, and it doesn't mean that we as a society can't do better because we can. Can't never could do anything, you know? But, you know, deciding to do nothing is similar to giving up on doing good. And deciding to do nothing is similar to giving up on doing good in the world just because there's some bad guys. Well, there's always going to be bad people, unfortunately. But it's the truth. There's always going to be bad people because people have free will. And some people will choose to do the wrong thing. But if you've ever looked at someone who looked like they needed help, or even if they didn't look like they needed help, but if you've ever looked at someone who looked like they needed help and said, no, I'm good, to asking them how they are, helping them, just because it seemed like too much work, you need to change your thought process. No one's asking you to be their personal savior because no one on earth can save someone without the other person's internal push to get better. But you can ask somebody how they are and that might change their mind and change their mood in, within themselves just a little bit, you know? But simply being a friend to your friends, not being surface level, but checking in on the people you care about, can, it can do more, way more than you think. I mean, even way more than they probably think but they'll think about it. And then they'll probably ask somebody else how they're doing maybe. You know, it's 
not to be cheesy, but you remember Disney's chain reaction? A little bit like that. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, it sounds cheesy, but you really never know. Because if you have ever laughed at something someone said or smiled while being around them, even if you hate them now, if you've ever smiled about being around somebody or whatever, their life matters enough because every life does. Okay? Even nobody, nobody on this earth is more special than the, than the other person. I know we like to think that sometimes, you know, like main character energy, but nobody is. Everybody in the morning, when we all lay our heads down at night, we all have, well, most of us, there's the, there's the everlasting chance that we might not wake up in the morning, not for suicide reasons or anything, or illness reasons, but there's just always that chance. Nobody is promised tomorrow. So be nice to everybody today, you know? But if they're, but even if they made somebody, even if they made you cry, like I said, no one deserves to die at their own hands because of their own terrible thoughts taking over. I don't know why I have to like keep repeating it. Like I have to drill it into your head. But like also when I think about like going back to the astral world thing, like the disregard for human life, it's sickening and people shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't. It's, 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 it's getting swept up in something like that and getting swept up in something that's like in negativity and choosing to be bitter and choosing to do whatever and choosing to not care. It's, it's recipe for disaster and nothing else. But more so, like universities, going back to the whole college thing, universities need to provide more open resources for students. Jobs need to even focus on employee health because it will increase effort and increase happiness. And through that, it'll transfer probably to the consumer and the world needs help. And I could sit here and list off all the locations that need to change on account for mental health, but you probably already know the list or you can come up with it in your own head right now. So it starts with you. Be a friend. Check in with your friends. Check in with people that you're not really that close with maybe, you know? Just be aware. It's not that hard. And if it is, think a little bit harder. <laughs> Anyways, didn't mean to like sound a little bit angry in that last part. Well, I guess I am a little bit because people need to do better. But anyways, um, thank you for listening this week. Hope it wasn't like too dark and scary for you. And just be a friend. Ask people if they're okay, you know, because you never know. And be nice to people. Even if, even if that's the last thing you want to do, just do it because kill them with kindness, right? Anyways, um, I hope you have a most wonderful rest of your day, most wonderful rest of your week, whatever you're doing. And I know some people are getting ready to start finals, so good luck with that. And yeah, I'll catch you guys next week on Off the Record with Mackenzie Tippett. Bye.